What is up, Inherent family? My name is Stephen DeLaRoche, and you're listening to Life and Style by Inherent. What is up, Inherent family? It's your boy, Stephen. We're coming at you live here in our studio right now. And wherever you are right now, it's live for you. So uh, I'm joined by Taylor. Uh, and we're going to, well, this one's going to be a little, a little more freeform, a little more loose. We have kind of a rough outline of a topic we're going to start with, and we're just going to see where that goes. And it is our personal style journeys, um, kind of where we started, where we're at, how we got here, how we kind of got put on to the pieces and style that we love um, and um, maybe where we hope to go from here. So this is Life and Style by Inherent and uh, let's let's jump into it. Taylor, what's up? What's up? We I don't think I don't think we've ever touched on this before in in any detail of like how you started gravitating towards suits or more proper menswear and uh, you know more of a sartorial type of style you know we've touched on how you know how it makes you feel and how it affects you like your emotional state and all that stuff and that's awesome but like where did where did this start? Where did where did BB BB Taylor start? Because I know I know you were in bands. I know you had the emo cut. Oh wow! All that stuff. So like, where did your style journey be, begin? Um, there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but sorry. I think the yeah, I think you said it right. The sartorial part of the journey um, was the big leap. I'd say. Mm-hmm. When when did that happen? Um. You know, not too long ago, actually. Um, it started, it's pretty It's pretty closely intertwined with, like, my story that I have talked about a little bit before, um, which is, like, when uh, my wife Lynn and I were going through our stuff. Um, it kind of started there, to be honest, I think, because I wanted... During that really tough time that I was going through, like I really didn't have um, like any sort of joy <laughs> in my life or anything giving me any sort of confidence or anything that um, just any feeling of being wanted even mm. um, in my life. So, but what I what I realized though was when I was showing up to go to therapy and things like that, I would dress nicer because it was giving me like some sort of confidence in myself. Um, and I just wanted like more out of that. So, um, it actually started right before everything went down. Um, with Lynn and I, I was, I think, uh, I was just like tired of feeling like a slob all the time. So I was like working, I was working in Denver at the time and like commuting up and stuff like that. And I had a pretty big position in this company. Um, I was like just right under the CEO and stuff. So, uh, so like one day I was just like, man, I'm just tired of wearing like black t-shirts or V-necks and like flannel, which is a very Colorado thing to do. Deep V's. 
Were you a deep V guy? No, I was never a deep V guy. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> never a deep v guy. I did try them out at one point. And I was like, this is a little too much uh, we chest all, hair. We all did. We all <laughs> did, man. And it, I'm so glad that's dead. Yeah. Stay dead. This is a little too much chest hair. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thirst trap for days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, anyways, yeah, so it was, yeah, right before I kind of left that job and right before things went down with my wife and I, but I think, uh, and I'm trying to, I'm just like processing this too because I haven't, I haven't like, what's the word, like reviewed this or whatever in a long time Yeah, um, or thought Thought about about this, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I remember I tried, um, have you ever seen the movie Lucky Number Slevin? Yes. It's a great movie. It is. Underrated. Josh Harnett in that movie had a whole slew of sweater vests. Yes. That he would like wear. And like, yeah, that I just, was his thing. That was his thing. And mm-hmm. I freaking loved it. Yeah. So I think just one day I decided to like try that and like dress up halfway. Mm. So like sweat, like V neck sweaters and then a button up and a tie yeah. like became my thing like randomly. And everybody. Okay. I remember doing it the first day I showed up to work like that because it's such a huge shift. Yeah. Um, everybody commented on it and mm. was just like, why are you dressed so nice today? And like all this kind of stuff. And I was like, mm. because it's like, I want to start being taken seriously. And I want like, mm. and um, I, it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my first like toe dipping into it, I would okay. say, because that's like nobody can fuck that look up. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. literally like a sweater, a button up shirt and a tie. Yeah, combo. it's classic. It's always going, <laughs> it's know? always going to work. It's always going to work. It's the easiest place, maybe not the easiest, but like it is a very easy place to start, mm-hmm. you know? So in, in your mind, in your own point of view, why did you feel as though you couldn't be taken seriously in jeans and a t-shirt? I felt like I was a kid, like, mm. and I was. I was like young. I was a young executive. How um, how old? At that time, probably like twenty five, twenty six. Okay. Um, and then even before that, like, um, I had like some not executive level jobs, but I was like, I definitely should have been dressing nicer jobs. Sure. To be fair. Sure. Like I get in that. in marketing teams on like Sixteenth Street, which is just like. Mm-hmm. the hustle bustle part of Denver and stuff like that. Yep. But uh, yeah, man. So I just, I was just honestly tired. I, I think that's like a theme in my life. I'm just realizing too, mm. <laughs> is I'll just be tired of a, of something happening to me. Um, like when I lost 120 pounds, mm. I was just tired of being depressed and tired of hating myself every day. Mm. I was basically just like, well, I'm just going to stop and like, like kind of fake it till I make it almost, you know? Yeah. And that's how I pulled myself out of that. And then the same thing, I would just get like overlooked, never given raises. Like mm. people were taking advantage of my skills at work um, and just working me all the time. And like, nobody was really just taking me seriously or appreciating me. Mm. Um, and I think I just was sick of it one day. I was just like, yeah. I think it starts outward in. So mm. I tried the sweater vest on, or not the sweater vest, but the long sleeve V-neck sweaters, and yeah. tried to do my own take on Josh Harnett's Lucky Number 11 style because I loved it. Yeah. Um, 
And then that was kind of like my first like toe dipping into it. But I think where the uh, the next big transition happened was fast forward like a year and a half, two years maybe. Um, right, I think, let's see. This would be after Lynn and I's stuff. So like while I was in the midst of that, mm-hmm. um, that was that's where I like took it to the next level because like I had the long V-neck sweater like combo thing. I was still doing that off and on and still messing with like casual pieces and dressing them up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's when I was in the midst of that whole thing with my wife and I, I I was like, I need more. Mm -hmm. Like I like, I need the next level now Mm -hmm. because there's literally nothing else in my life giving me any sort of positivity. Sure. So I, um, that's kind of where we almost met like right after that. So like I was, I basically told Adam, uh, my brother-in-law, Adam, he was on one of our, our podcasts, um, for the seersucker suit mm-hmm. listeners. Uh, and, uh, so he and I owned a marketing company together at this time. And, uh, I was, ba- I like told him, like he knew what I was going through and stuff. And it was about the time where I was ready to come back to work and stuff. And I was just like, dude, would you mind like taking pictures of me and like my outfits because I've, and like, I want to start like an Instagram account of like, just like my style journey kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I, uh, so he was out, like, he's such a great guy. He was obviously like, absolutely. Let's do it. So we just started taking iPhone photos of yeah. stuff. So I would just like do a heat, like a really, awesome dressed up casual outfit one day mm-hmm. and I do like a more sartorial outfit the next day mm. but literally we do it every single day yeah so like I would come back from therapy he would take a picture of me like outside of Wolf and Key mm-hmm. our marketing company and then um yeah um and that was just giving me some kind of semblance of mm. like an anchor of like yeah at least I have this. Like, yeah. At least like I know that I can like dress myself well enough to feel good about myself. Yeah. And I want to show other guys um, just, you know, how to dress a little bit better. Yeah. Would you say that is kind of the, the tipping point where it went from, you know, outward to inward in your mind? It was just like maybe dress starting that journey, the, kind of like the story arc of, of this journey so far is wanting to be taken more seriously by your peers and by people, higher up people in your companies and stuff like that, that you were working for. But then transitioning that into like, I want to do this for me. Yes. Yeah, that absolutely was it. Um, yeah. When I started doing it for myself, which is where like the idea for inherent came from, um, that's when it like really just started clicking. Mm. Um, I still wasn't at suit level yet though, during this time. Sure. Um, I was still just at like throwing blazers on and like sweaters and like all the things I always say, like, you know, wear suit pants with sweaters and wear blazers with jeans and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's where I kind of was, which is still very casual. Um, what I think really pushed me over the edge into full, like three piece and like, I'll be honest, like we can dive in this a little bit later too, but I, I've kind of still pulled back from that a little bit mm-hmm. and I still kind of mess with it sometimes like going full three piece with tie and all this kind of stuff and yeah. like doing it up, you know? Um, but I have to be like in a 
super the right mindset for that. And what is that right mindset? Um, I think it's like, I was about to say it's an event-based thing, but it's definitely not because you've seen me just show up in like a three-piece when I have nothing to do before. Yep. <laughs> um, I think it's just like how, like how much... Oh, man, that's a great question. It's, it's it's almost just how much do I want to do today? Mm. Um, like how much do I want to, uh, like how much do I want to exude <laughs> yeah. today? You know, yeah, if that makes sense. I'm trying yeah, to like, like find the right like words. Exuding, exuding what? Like confidence or like a, a certain type of, you know, like uh, impression on people. Yeah, I'd say it definitely starts with confidence. Like, how much confidence do I want to exude today? Or, like, how much do I need to pull in almost? Mm, For yourself. For myself, yeah. Mm. Because, like, the more... For me, it's, like, the more dressed up you get, the more confidence you have in yourself. Mm. Um, That's just for me personally. Uh, So, like, if I'm really in need, like, I'll dress up really nice. Okay. Like, you know, all the stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like um, Tom Ford has this... Uh, there's this really, really famous story of uh, of how Tom Ford deals with uh, his depression after every single um, release for Tom Ford, his his, his uh, namesake line. Mm-hmm. But he he releases the line, does the show, goes to his home, and hibernates for like mm-hmm. two weeks doesn't talk to anyone, just isolates and is just thinks about all the things he could have done better or different. And then puts on his suit, black suit, white shirt, black tie, does his hair, puts on his fragrance and goes to work and starts all over again. Yep. And that's kind of like his post show routine. Yeah. And, um, and that look is staple for him though. Like yeah, anytime always. he's in any interviews, he's wearing that outfit. Yep. And it, would you say that that the a, like a three piece for you is is similar to that or is it different? Yeah, it's definitely similar to that um, because I think one of the big things that inspired me in, in 2019 was um, Guy Ritchie's A Gentleman movie. Yep, um, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Like not just because of the incredible amount of work that went into the menswear for every character in that movie. Yep. But just the whole, like, stylistic vibe of it. And I know it was pretty controversial because they're, you know, like a lot of Guy Ritchie's movies. Yep. (laughs) Every single one. Yeah. But I personally loved it and can look past those. I, You know, obviously the controversial parts are are valid and all that stuff. But I can um, still appreciate it for what it was, and it's still one of my favorite movies. Style-wise, who's your favorite in that movie? Charlie Hunnam's character. Oh, yeah, dude. And it's... Like I and I, you know, obviously Matthew McConaughey's character was just yeah the best, and I love the knit polo mm-hmm. like suit look, um, and he just owned that like to yeah. the next level. What I, I learned so many things from that movie's uh, costume designer, um, who I really love to shout out. I think his name's Eric something. Um, well, maybe we'll put it in the show notes, please. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But he's. Uh, Yeah, anyways, I learned so much about fit from that movie because in that movie specifically, the fits, like, weren't like we are used to seeing. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if, like, the naked eye would necessarily notice um, if you're not, like, in this world really heavily. Mm -hmm. But 
it was it really made me want to change like my silhouette for my yeah. personal yeah. style. And you did. And I did. Yeah. yeah. And it was um yeah, and it was great. Um uh, I forgot where I was going with that though. Uh oh, I was just I was just asking who your favorite was. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Char- Charlie Hunnam was great because he didn't wear suit jackets at all in that movie, but mm-hmm. he wore like um not necessarily a trench coat, right? It was more like a it was more like a it, top coat. It's like it's like a Mac. Like you know, a Mac. Yeah. So so it's it's not quite a top coat, but it's more like a top coat than like a car coat. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in between, from yeah. my understanding. And it was like made out of the rain material, obviously, because they were in London, like the yeah. rain resistant material. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> aside from the coat, though, he never. Um, veered away from the five uh five button vest with notch mm-hmm. lapel and um button down shirt yep like oxford collar button down and then with like a tie and then double rl jeans mm-hmm. <laughs> and and boots yep um when he's talking to uh Hugh Grant's character in in his house mm-hmm. the um the cardigan and the cardigan. Oh my, oh my god. god! Yeah. Basically, what you, what you des- what you described, sans vest with cardigan. Oh yeah. god! That was his. Um, in my own house, I need to be comfy, but still, I'm wearing a tie and a yeah. button-down collared shirt. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so yeah, amazing. So that, like, you know, that was yeah, really, really awesome. Um, but going back to like the kind of style journey though, when I really made my jump into completely like sartorial, um, the sartorial space was when I got into watches. Mm. Um, okay. So that, and it's kind of a funny story. Okay. Because I, uh, I was like, it, it was happening all naturally, right? Like this was, you know, when was this like 2017 or something like this when like, all this was happening. 2018 even so not, not super long ago but like um when i hyper fixates on something man like i spend endless amounts of hours of research and stuff and now like i, f- I feel very comfortable like talking about it um with authoritative figures even mm-hmm. but uh, not that i would claim to be on but just i know enough to be able to be in the same room at yeah. least you can hold your own <laughs> yes yeah. exactly so anyways all that to say i just said that really quick because i'm just like i might be giving away something here that i've not been in this <laughs> space too long <laughs> but uh yeah anyways man so it's really funny so as i was like just on my journey like dressing things up having adam take pictures of me and things like that I was like, you know what? I, you know what I don't own is anything other than a fucking Apple Watch. So mm. like, and like that's something that I know is important to like the gentleman lifestyle. Um, and around that time is when I was also just really researching and trying to live what a gentleman lifestyle meant. So like, I started with the personality traits first. Like, what does what do gentlemen like do? And like, what are their chivalry traits? And like, where did this come from? So <laughs> I went down this whole path of like this gentry gentleman type vibe thing yeah and during that like watches like kept showing up in this research all the time so i was like man like i knew nothing about watches do you like zero Mm -hmm. zero things about it um so i was like how much does like a rolex actually cost i like just truly didn't know yeah and then i looked it up and i was like holy shit they're like 
you know? Yeah. There are a lot. There are a lot. There are like <laughs> 10, like eight, eight to 10 starting for a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, eight to $10,000 starting. And then I was like, why? This was just like a naive question. I was just like, I honestly didn't know. And I wasn't asking it out of like, um, like a devaluation type of question. Mm-hmm. I was more just like, why does it cost this much? Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. like I just really didn't know. So then I started researching watches because I, I was just genuinely curious. I was like, yeah. why is this watch like worth as much as my car at the time mm-hmm. or like more, you know, yeah. you know? And so I just like started researching Rolexes and then I, you know, it's, you find out very quickly the amount of incredible engineering that goes into watches. Like it's Mm -hmm. all handmade pieces. Like thousands of tiny, tiny pieces are like handmade, Mm -hmm. hand chiseled, put together, and they still will keep time long after any other digital thing dies. Yeah. Which is just amazing to me. Yeah. So that's for uh, specifically automatic. Automatic watches. watches, Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not quartz or anything like that, but yeah. So it's, so in that research, I like fell in love with the watches because I was just like, this is so cool. Like mm-hmm. the amount of incredible technical engineering that goes into these things are just amazing. And then I started looking into the history of it, which like sold me on it even more, yep. especially with Rolex. Like Rolex has some, every single invention that we have as watches that we think is just standard that you don't even think about, like waterproof, um, Magnet like magnetic proof, like um, like another GMT hand yeah. <laughs> on the watch, so you can keep track of two different time zones. Uh, like chrono features, all this kind of stuff. It's rooted in such a rich history that I just really like fell in love with it, and it was just like, man, what a cool like for the waterproof one. Rolex invented the waterproof patent for their watch, oh, wow. and then to basically show it to the world. This is in the 50s. It's not even that far away. Like, this was in the 50s. They basically, they hired an Olympic swimmer to, they put it around, they put the watch around her neck and then had her swim across an ocean for like a 12 hour swim. And then they just had a whole party of like when she got out of the water to like see if the watch was still working. And it was the biggest publicity stunt. Jeez. For watches during that time, yeah, until the first mood landing with Omega, mm-hmm. which all, another whole another thing we could have a whole podcast episode about watches, but it was just like it just blew my mind, and so I was just like, oh my god! So I saved up for a while and got yeah. like a used three thousand dollar Rolex, and that was my first ever like watch. Mm. And you still have it? I still have it. Yeah, cool. it's amazing. It's like. It's actually, uh, I learned so much too because it was, <laughs> I didn't know about like case diameters even at the time. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I like loved this one watch. Yeah. And I was like, how big is 36 millimeters really? But anyways, it's barely big enough to fit yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it looks great and I still love it. But yeah, it's, it was funny. But yeah, man. So like when I got that, I was like, man, I need to like dress up to match this watch now almost. Mm. So the, the watch game elevated your, the rest of your game. Yeah, okay. exactly. And I was like looking forward to that. So then I started, but the same kind of, I took that same kind of concept. I was like, man, if watches have this much rich history, like I wonder what the history of tailoring is like. Mm. And then that was the, that was pretty much game over. That was the rabbit hole. That was, that was the thing that did it. Okay. So like while my, my used Rolex is on order 
it took like a month or something to get to me. I was just like in this whole other world of like tailoring and the tailoring has the exact same amount of incredible history of mm-hmm. like in Salvaro and then the whole Neapolitan tailor. Like I really got into Rubenacci's stuff for a really long time, like his dad and mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, and then you find this little community too, like mm-hmm. on Instagram specifically of like all of these incredible people who are just trying to like make the world better through tailoring. And yeah. yeah. And I just kind of like found my little groove into that and have been going ever since. Yeah. And how do you, like, what do you think your next iteration is? Well, like, kind if, of, you, if you have any idea. I do. Yeah. Cause it's happening now. Um, what I'm kind of, realizing about myself now is like I love to go the full like three piece and all that kind of stuff but that's not like who I am every single day mm-hmm. um so I'm really finding a um I'm really kind of finding like a medium of where like I'm still elevated but I'm still like approachable mm. and casual and things like that so um I've been working really hard on like still trying to take like the homage from like Charlie Hunnam and stuff like people that I still really loved uh, and love. Um, But then like make my own authentic version of it Mm. um, out of that stuff. Yeah. So I don't even know what it really looks like. Like we were talking about that a second ago. I was like, like, I don't even know like, how anyone else would describe me, not that that matters, but like, um, I'm just kind of like testing stuff out. Like I'm wearing like, um, like today, like a, like Laura Piana, like emerald green blazer with, uh, like a cream button down and still doing like jeans and boots and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and trying out our authentic vest right now, which is very warm and comfy. Yeah. It looks great. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so yeah, man, like, uh, again, I don't know how necessarily to describe it or whatever. Um, but I'm just kind of trying stuff. I'm just like dressing some things up, dressing some things down and putting them both together and making sure like the, the rules are still there, like complementing colors and like things like that, of course. Um, just like things you learn as you go. Um, but yeah, this is kind of like the amalgamation of, where I'm at, I think, which is like still pulling down from the upper echelon and then still pulling up from the jean t-shirt people. Yeah. (laughs) The jean and t-shirt people. (laughs) The jean and t-shirt crowd, which I still love, you know, sometimes. Yeah. It has its place. It's always going to be a place. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be a place for it. Very cool. Yeah. So that's kind of been my style journey. And, uh, yeah, so tell me about yours. Like I would I think I would describe your style. Like here's how I perceive it. Okay. And then you can kind of like go from there of how you got here maybe or like how maybe you view it differently than yeah, I do. Yeah, of course. Uh, not that my view matters, but like It matters. Well, thanks. But uh like what I love about your style is that it's it's always like very you. <laughs> yes. Like how, how would you describe that for, for the, the listeners that don't know me or maybe sure. haven't even seen me? Sure. Um, Steven, like it's, it's always like a, a little bit elevated streetwear. Um, not a little bit. I'd say it's actually quite a bit elevated streetwear. Mm-hmm. 
Um, That's fair. But the fits, you always do like a baggier fit, mm-hmm. like more, but not like comfort fit though. It's mm-hmm. like in it's an intentional like box type fit. Yep. Um, very a lot of square lines, um, and yeah, it's just kind of like you're you always dress up Carhartt stuff mm-hmm. usually. Like you don't. Sometimes you will like just come in like sweats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the hard yeah, days. If, on the hard days, one hundred percent. That that is that I am unapologetic about yeah. that. Because that's like all I can muster yeah. Yeah. on those days. But uh, on the other days it's always just like very sophisticated streetwear. Like I think one of my favorite things that I've seen you wear recently is like this um, you'll know what it is, but it was basically just like this cool cow pattern oh, sweater yes with like the, the, were you wearing a turtleneck that day too i, I wasn't i was okay. wearing i was wearing a, a carhartt tee tucked okay. into tee. some inherent trousers yeah um and yeah uh, so the the uh it was, it's a cardigan yeah a red cardigan um but the two front panels ha- are a pony hair in a in a cow uh uh what's the pattern yeah. uh, like a, a cow skin like a pattern yeah, yeah spots um, yeah, I freaking love that thing. It's, yeah. it's so weird. It's so weird, but it was so funny because again, like my point was like, it's so you mm-hmm. also like with how you were presenting it. Um, so yeah, you, like that's the one thing I love about your style though, is just like, no matter what the kind of combination is, like, it's always like, it's, you know, you can see where the roots came from mm-hmm. and then you can see it like like the way that you put it together was just very like you. I don't know if it would work on many other people. Yeah, I, I, I to 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 give myself some credit. I, I think if anyone else tried, it might look not as natural. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that I am a style god or anything. I just like I have like a combination of skin complexion, naturally bending t- towards those types of like weird off like off center things. I mean, I, I, I love stuff that uh, most people would look at and be like, that's dumb or I could never wear that or I wish I could wear that, but I don't know where it would fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love those things. I love the, the stuff that people um, pass by. Yeah. Um, that's like one of my favorite things. Um, yeah. But how, how how that started though? I mean, I <laughs> first of all, I was a homeschool kid. Um, didn't know anything about about style or even using it as a tool for self expression. I was like like boot cut jeans and like the thrift Nikes, you know, like that's like how I kind of started. And I kind of I, I was I was that until I discovered. Um, uh, hardcore music, and uh, for the for the old timers out there, not hardcore punk. This is like like metalcore, Devil Wears Prada, Attack Attack, Asking Alexandria. Oh, that that kind attack. of that kind of hardcore was like my thing, and um, I was just like it it it, uh, it exposed me to this world of tattoos and long hair and bad attitudes. And I had already liked, and emotions just like deep, like, oh, she left me and why, you know, like type of stuff. And, and, um, I was, I was super into skating, uh, around that time. 
I got into skating in like middle school. It was never any good. Um, and actually like busted my ankle trying to go down like a set of stairs, you know, right before a baseball game. Cause why not? And, um, I just, I just, I love the culture, um, culture and where things come from and the utilitarian mm -hmm. uh, aspect of clothing is really fascinating to me. So for skating, um, I kind of came in very late to the uh, skinny jean era of things. So um, I, have, I have a friend, uh, you know, Sean Etheridge. Yep. Um, so, so I met him like his first week in Colorado. He like showed up to a, a church thing and he was with my friend Rod and we just went out, immediately hit it off. Um, and this was, this was maybe, this was like 10 years ago. And so I was like, I was wearing like, like, uh, like boot cut jeans still like band tees. My hair was like long and ratty and emo. It was, it was gross. Um, and, uh, I meet Sean and we start talking about style and he's, he's tells me about these skinny jeans and like all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, back in the day you couldn't even find skinny jeans because, they didn't make them for guys. And so he was like buying girl jeans, which I knew was a thing, but like yeah. I never knew anyone personally who did that. So anyways, we become great friends. And um, one, I, I buy a pair of skinny jeans because I'm just like, let me try. You know, I'll try it. Ended up liking it. And, you know, that, that was that. But then um, maybe like a year or two later, um, me and Sean were living together and he walks into my room and uh, it's just like, have you ever heard of a brand called Supreme? And I was like, no, what's that? And he was like, it's a skate brand from New York. I think you dig them. And that's how he, that's how he, he uh, portrayed them to me at the time. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know, Supreme is a, it, if you hear the term hype beast, it's a hype beast machine. Kids love it because it's like air quotes exclusive and you know, it's, it has more hype around it than substance I'd say now, but it started as a, as a skate brand in New York. Really cool. Um, and coming from skating, I was like, Oh, this could be a thing that I love. And at the time in culture, um, like Tyler, the creator and odd future and all those guys that was like, those were the guys that were wearing it. And it was just like, oh, like Tyler, the creator wore a Supreme hat to uh, the, like the VMAs. And everyone was like, oh, so cool. I must have, you know, and including me, it was, it, I was, I was on that train for a long time. And uh, that was, that was probably truly where my uh, style journey began from, from Sean putting me onto that. Um, and then just running and trying to find like all this stuff for, for as cheap as I could. And then like, you know, it was, I was very insecure at the time. So it was just like a kind of like a, Oh, people think I'm, I'm cool or worth something. If I wear this stuff, that's kind of where it stemmed from an insecurity thing, which to be fair, I think is true for most people in the streetwear game. Um, it's a, a making up for a lack um, that they feel they have, um, which is fair. I think you could say of any industry, any clothing, you know, any 
anywhere. But um, uh, so that that's kind of where 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 that started uh, for me, uh, and then from there I just kept experimenting, um, trying to get you know the the right fit and what are my measurements and because everything was online nowhere in Colorado Springs sold this stuff so I was just had to find it online or on eBay or whatever. And at the, at, at the time, style was, was still very much in the skinny jean era. Um, and so, like, skinny jeans and bandanas and uh, ASAP Rocky was God. And anything he did was you had to do or else you weren't shit. Mom you know, Larry for life. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I did it. I did it. And I see photos of myself. And it's just, it's not good. Um <laughs> And, and yeah, man, just, just trying way too hard and, you know, all, all that kind of thing. Um, and then, um, I, I would, I, I would skip ahead that, that, that lasted quite a while. Um, then I, I was, I was always doing music or like photography. That's kind of like the things that I did. So I, I kind of formed little, personalities in clothing for those different things. So I had like, um, a show look that I would like uh, a set of clothes that I would use for, yes. for playing shows. I had that too. And, and then, um, going out was a whole nother set. Um, and then, um, if I really wanted to quote stunt on people, which is something that we said back in the day, <laughs> It's terrible, <laughs> stupid. Um, then that was a whole nother set of things. And then like uh, working um, like a photography job, that was a whole nother set of things. And so, uh, which is very inefficient <laughs> and uh, costs a lot of money to like maintain that. So, but, but that's kind of what I did for, for a long time. And then I found um, uh Work workwear, American workwear. So, like the double RL type of vibe, Japanese denim, you know, selvage, the whole deal. Um, and then that kind of took precedent over the straight up like street stuff uh, because I wanted something a little more grown up. It, it, like I kind of got the sense that like this is kind of weird if this continues if I continue to dress this straight up streetwear way. And I want something a little more, not even sophisticated, but just more grown up. Um, so, like, went into went heavy into the salvage realm, and I was making a lot of money at this time. So I was just like, new new stuff every week, you know, just like yes. trying trying to figure it out, um, and uh, was kind of wrapped up in the same crap of just like buying to fill a void. Yeah. Buying to impress, you know. Um, then I went to I went to I went to uh, counseling and uh, kind of dealt with a lot of like my self loathing and issues like with my parents and self esteem and all that kind of stuff and that kind of started this um, this era of trying to be more intentional about clothing and. That was maybe like five years ago now. Um, and, you know, like flannels, uh, comfortable 
uh, cut of jeans and like Vans was like my staple. Like I have this one, I have this one flannel that I got on um, on eBay. Uh, it's a Field and Stream flannel. Um, they're like a, an Eddie Bauer type brand. Um, that thing has been all over the world with me, you know, like it's big enough to wear as like a over shirt, you know, like under a, over a hoodie or you could tuck it into some jeans if you wanted, you know, and like have that kind of look. And, uh, like I would say that's like probably still a staple, even though I don't pull it out that much anymore. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, uh. Uh, my roots will always be skating and that's why I like a more baggy silhouette. Um, it's just more natural to me. Um, and also, um, I'm, I'm half Japanese for those of you who don't know, and I'm always gravitating towards the Asian cuts, the Asian color palettes, the Asian fit. Um, and that's kind of like where I'm going now. You know, like I sold so much stuff, shoes, sneakers, all these, all these shoes that I, and stuff that I just didn't wear. And, um, yeah, I just want to, uh, I want to go more towards that freaking just old Asian dude. You know, I'm going, I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to try and just, just try to, I don't know. I have this vision of this old old grandpa this old asian grandpa that is just killing everyone out with style you know and i just uh that's kind of like what i try to do um in my like my natural style so yeah that's kind of like my arc yep yeah (laughs) the whole thing sorry i just kind of monologued there for a minute that was great i did the same thing but but yeah man that's 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 that right on cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah dude well, any any questions in that that you that you're curious about no i mean it all makes sense cool um yeah how do you feel about streetwear now uh well so, someone very famously said last year that streetwear is dying or dead um and I won't, won't name drop that person. If you know, you know. But uh, I think he's right. Um, streetwear has started as a subculture of teenagers seeing stuff that was popular in Japan and bringing it to the U.S. That's kind of how streetwear got, got its start with brands like Bape um, uh, in Japan and like Stussy, those were like the two streetwear brands that everyone wanted in the nineties. Uh, and then like companies like a life brought it, brought that style to the U S and even then you could only get it in like New York. Um, then it just, it started to permeate culture rappers, Wu Tang, you know, like all those guys like started to wear the Supremes and the Stussy's and Clark's Wallabies and all those things. And it was very much a representation of, um, like I'm, I am 
uh, a part of something more than myself. It, it was like the new punk wave because um, it, it had its roots in like punk culture, uh, which th- is connected to skate culture, which is connected to streetwear. It's all like this this um, cycle of culture that they all feed into and take from each other, which is really cool. But these days, from my perspective anyway, um, kids don't care about the culture. They don't care about the, the roots. History, yeah. They don't care about the history. They don't care about what this reference on a Supreme shirt is from. You know, they care about the fact that it has Supreme on it and that will give them clout. And clout chasing is just not the move. So I would would say that the culture is, is A, in in some serious trouble um, because the culture aspect of it is dying away. Um, and all the, all the OG dudes that are still around like Bobby hundreds and Nikki diamonds and, you know, Nigo Pharrell, all those dudes are like kind of holding the banner of taste, but most hype beasts air quotes as they're affectionately called have no taste. It's just like, it's like the, the rich designer guy wearing YSL or Louis Vuitton or Gucci and it all just looks kind of trash, doesn't look good. Yeah, your clothes are expensive or like nobody got that, but you don't look good, you know, because you're, you're trying to emulate this idea instead of just being you right. and letting that be enough. You know, similar to, I'm sure the sartorial world has uh, the same thing. It kind of is a human uh, aspect yeah. of clothing. Um, so I, I hope that, uh, streetwear dies because, um, the, uh, the more elevated nuanced version of streetwear is menswear. It is just, it's the same, just using different materials. Um, most of the stuff that I see now is like going towards the utility and, and, uh, usability of workwear but in a silhouette of menswear classic menswear which is so cool it is really cool and then you have you know stuff like nfts that it will probably be the next wave of a streetwear style culture because fundamentally i think they're very similar as far as like kind of that punk rock underdog we're just doing this type of thing yeah um but i mean like nfts are like the new fine art you know and uh, if you don't, if, if uh, it's like it's like TikTok. If you if you don't do it, you're going to be left behind, you know, in some way, shape, or form. So there's a lot of hope for the culture, but also I hope that these kind of crappy parts of the culture just kind are allowed to die because it's just blind consumerism at that point. And you know, like you don't you don't get the pieces because you appreciate the craftsmanship or you know, the reference or it doesn't speak to you on like a, a soul level, like in your gut. Yeah. And that's what I think at Inherent we really hope to do as well is just teach people that these things like fast fashion and just all of these pieces that are just made to like come in and go away mm-hmm. in like a very short time frame. Like that's not the way, like that's not 
how things are actually designed in the clothing world yeah. or should be designed in the clothing world. Like yeah. they should last you years and years yeah. and um, they should be like, once you have that one piece that, th- that should be it like yeah. for that one specific categorical piece. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And, uh, but, but buy less, pay more. Yeah. Um, for good stuff. Like yeah. For good do stuff. It for like the, you know, there's some high end stuff that are that's just like trying to do it for the brand name. Yeah, but man, like the the whole idea of like like why do you want that piece? We we've talked we've talked about this. Uh, I've touched on it a few times throughout our podcast together. But like, why why do you want that jacket? Why do you want that pair of jeans? Why do you want those shoes? And like a uh, be intentional with with mm-hmm. what you purchase because like do you do you a do you word? need it why what's the what's the reason behind wanting it do you want to be like oh that guy got that thing and if that is like what are you trying to fill in that you don't that you feel like you need that mm-hmm. to supplement your worth or whatever it is where do you think the line is though for from that to i want to like try this out in my style journey. Mm. I think it's, I think you need a lot of self-awareness. Uh, I think that's, that's really important because if you can be honest with yourself and just be like, I'm curious about this because if you, if you're into clothes, you'll try a bunch of different things and you'll end up selling most of it um, or getting rid of it or donating, you know, it's just kind of how it goes and that's okay. But, but the intention of those things is what matters. So if you are just like, I'm insecure, I'm going to buy this. And you got to be real with yourself. You know, I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. So there's no shame, but like know the why of what you're doing. If you are feeling low and you're just kind of doom scrolling eBay or, or Mr. Porter or wherever, and you're just like, and then something genuinely speaks to you, but it's out of a, insecure, sad area, maybe just wait until the next day and see, see if you still want it, if that desire is still there. But if you are just like, oh, I want to try that. I'm curious. Then only you know that, you know, so you have to really be honest with yourself and know and have the self-control to not act on impulse Mm-hmm. and not um, just do it for the approval of other people. We were talking before we started recording about how style is all about the individual. Right. It, it has nothing to do with anything outside. And that's kind of the level up time, I think, of being able to be confident in your own skin, be comfortable in who you are, kind of find find your lane, if you will, and then explore that because there are infinite things to explore. But how you dress and your self-expression isn't hinged on the uh, compliments you get or if people comment on your style or not. You know, and it's okay if people do. There's nothing wrong with that. But... I think something that everyone needs to get better at, including myself, is why am I doing this? What is the purpose of me dressing this way today? And there's nothing wrong with intention, but be honest about your intentions. 
You know, it could be to like catch that special someone's eye. It could be to make yourself feel more confident, to give yourself a boost. But I would just say that no matter what you do, do it out of a genuine place and do it because you want it for yourself, not to make someone else think something different about you, not to like manipulate other people's opinions. Be true to yourself always. Um, and if you do, like, we're all figuring it out. So that's my two cents. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah. For me, it's uh, it's almost chained. Like, the thing that I want, like, yes, definitely, like, realize where you're at emotionally. But mm-hmm. for me, it's almost just like, okay, if I buy this, it needs to be chained to mm-hmm. what I already have as totally. well. Yeah. So it's like... Building the wardrobe. Yes, building the wardrobe. And if it's like... Um, like I actually just did this recently where I was like, okay, I know that I, I really want to try to test the waters of more double breasted mm. like sports coats yeah. or even suits. But, um, it's not something I like have ever been confident with. I've had a few here and there and I've never like just rocked it. Mm. But what I, you know, I've had some realizations with that. So for example, I recently um, made one for myself that's not in yet, but I was like, okay, if I'm going to like venture into this, like I need to know what in my wardrobe that's going to like elevate this to like still be my style. So I immediately start like connecting it to other pieces. Like, okay, what, what trousers do I have that's going to like go with this? What shirt will I do? And I make like, you know, multiple outfits out of this one thing. Mm -hmm. And like, that's how I purchase now Yeah, is I'm just like, if I'm buying shoes or I'm buying like jeans or whatever, like, like, like what is going to like come as like around this to support this one purchase, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is absolutely essential because when you're buying better stuff that you'll have for a longer amount of time, like you need to make sure that it fits in your pantheon of clothing. You know, like this, I have this, um, this wool, um, over shirt. It's like a shirt jacket shack it. Um, and, uh, I can wear this thing, <clears throat> excuse me, with any, anything. I can wear it with a t-shirt. I can wear it with a sweater. I can wear it with a hoodie. I can wear it with some pinstripe jeans that I'm actually wearing right now. Um, I could wear it with black jeans. I could wear it with light jeans. I could wear it with slacks. I could wear it with shorts if I wanted to. I'm not a shorts guy, but I could, and I might do that because it's cool. (laughs) But, um, but, uh, but yeah, like I get excited about clothing when I'm like, when I, when I see something that does generally catch my eye and I'm just like, okay, what can I what can I pair with this? How, how many different ways and, and combinations can I create with this? And um, if, you, if you can do that, for me, I need, I need it to be able to work with every type of pant, every type of shoe. Because tops are kind of interchangeable for me. You can wear a different top with whatever and it'll be fine. But the pants and like the layering pieces and the shoes are like the quintessential like core elements for me. Mm. Um, and so if it can fit in 95% of my wardrobe, existing wardrobe, it will probably make the cut, you know, 
that is if I need it. You know, I don't need another flannel type of situation. Um, outerwear and, uh, um, oh, dude, I got to there's this, there's this uh, uh, Japanese outerwear item. Um, they're called Hanten jackets. And it's like, it's like a kimono type thing, but it's like a heavier padded piece that um, is like the over jacket of um, like a kimono or a, um, whatever uh, piece. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of like Korean, Asian, Chinese uh, streetwear guys will wear that layered with, you know, their jeans and their Balenciaga shoes and all their fancy stuff that no earthly being can afford. And um, it's just a like really awesome drape, really awesome like um, oversized fit, but not just not baggy. And um, yeah, I've seen some of those in uh, like a Chinese. Um just like a, tri- a Chinese uh, fashion account that I follow mm-hmm. where they just tag people just walking around China when yes. they look cool. Yep. One of my, I love those types of accounts. I have yeah. one for like almost every country. Yeah. I'm, I gu- if you're looking at those types of accounts, I guarantee you've seen one. Yeah. And um, like, the, uh, like using that and kind of experimenting with like trying to visualize like, okay, how could that look on me walking down the street? Is that does that work? Is that like true to me, or am I just trying to like hop on a wave, you know? And um, that's kind of where I'm where I'm going now. It's just like the next iteration of of Stephen is just like how how far down like the Asian rabbit hole can I go with, without it being, um, you know, like I'm trying too hard. That same fine line of like, is this still true? Does this still, is this still natural, Mm. you know, without like being like, no, I want to be more Asian than I am because I do. I wish I was because I feel like I would be infinitely cooler. (laughs) I genuinely believe that. And like, I talk to my wife about that sometimes. Like, I wish I was more Japanese than I am. Ah." You know, just man, I, I don't know that that's like what I daydream about. Like, Hmm. 75% 75% Japanese. <laughs> Just give me a little more. But uh, but yeah, man, I think I think these are all these are all great points. And um any any closing thoughts that you'd want to leave our listeners with or encouragement? I mean, I hope that if there's one thing you picked up from this podcast episode is that there's not one right way to approach mm. a style journey. I think it's uh, just trying things that you think that resonate with you and not impulse buying, but building your wardrobe around things that you buy and um, just trying to elevate yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's all about if you're feeling confident in yourself with what you're wearing. It's not about, like, outside perception. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's all. I think that's a great point. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.